been dumb before, Charlie Brown, but this time you really did it. <laughs> what a treat. <laughs> I guess you were right, Linus. I shouldn't have picked this little tree. Everything I do turns into a disaster. I guess I really don't know what Christmas is all about. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? Sure, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Lights, please. And there were in the same country shepherds, abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night, and lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them. And the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not. For behold, I bring you tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. That's what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. Aren't cartoons a lot faster now? Like, my kids would have changed the channel like eight times in the middle of that. Uh, but but um, love it. There's a lot of associated memories with that. Uh, that, that cartoon, right? A lot of different people probably went to different times, different places, different experiences um, with your kids or maybe your parents or, or, what, or whatever. My mother-in-law loves uh, the Charlie Brown Christmas. Like, that's her thing. Uh, she's got to watch Charlie Brown Christmas. I have to watch Christmas Vacation because my mother-in-law came to my house. But uh, so, <laughs> no. Uh, if you know me and my mother-in-law, I could not have asked for a better, better mother-in-law. And uh, anyway, so, and she listens to the podcast, so I have to say that. Um, but does anyone know what Christmas is all about? That desperation found in Charlie Brown's voice. Some of us this week, maybe last week, we kind of want to scream. Does anybody know what Christmas is really about? Because all the stuff that we're doing, all the things, the hoops we're jumping through, all the, 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 uh, parties we're going to, the stuff we're buying, the people we're seeing, the things that, all that stuff, just, it's, right? Does anyone know what Christmas is all about? And I love that this brings back into perspective. And I even love that, that this goes really, really slow. Like, just take a breath. When we know what it's all about, we know that it's about Jesus being born by the coming of a Savior. This past week was my week of Christmas. Maybe, I don't know, it was the week. Like, the week that everything had to get done. Like, the, the week that all the, all the things are happening. The, the week of the things and the stuff and the other things and the obligations and the other stuff and the things, right? And when it was done, it, it was, right? And I went, oh, man, I'm so glad that next week's not like that. <laughs> but then we, we didn't have anything this week, and we filled it all up again, right? We filled it. We'll fill it with good things. But the things can derail what Christmas is all about. 
And sometimes it feels like we're doing those things wrong. It feels like we're going about them in the wrong way. We, we just we feel like Charlie Brown, like, I got you a tree. It's the ugliest tree in the history of mankind, but it's a tree, right? I got you this. Well, that's not what I wanted. It's in the wrong size. I'm sorry. They didn't have any. You know, whatever, everything that we do, it just feels like, ah. And we, the, the success or the failure of Christmas is judged on how we did, how we performed. And there couldn't be a more opposite view of what Christmas is than judging Christmas on how we have performed. Christmas isn't about doing anything right. It's about what is being done for you. Christmas is not about doing anything right. It's about what is being done for you in this moment, at this time, in that manger. What is being done for you? Not about, you know, if you made the sausage balls or the fruit cake or the Claire cake or the, uh, you know, I am very food centric around Christmas time. I will admit this. However, it is not about that if the snickerdoodles got burnt or not got burnt. You know, if you got the, the pep, peanut butter cookies and do they all get chocolate chip? For some reason, in our house, we never have enough chocolate chip or the, the, the Hershey's Kisses. I, I don't know where they go. Mm. Um, right? uh, but you know, we, we, we were, we're always not even on that. But it's not about that. It's not about those things. It's not about what we did and what we performed. And, and this morning, I want to give us permission just to go. <gasps> it's not about what you're doing. It's about what has been done for you. There's a lot of good things that happen at Christmas, but the best and the only really important one is what has been done for you at this time. Christmas is about a God who loves you and deeply cares for you. Christmas is about God who wants a relationship with you so bad he wanted to experience all the smells, all the sounds, all the feelings, all the emotions that you go through. That's what Christmas is about, that God is not far off, that he is near to us. That's what Emmanuel even means, right? God with us. That's one of my favorite honorific titles of Jesus, that it's not far off. And so often God feels so far off that we can't grasp him, we can't get a hold of him, we can't, like somehow when we're praying the line is busy. But, but Christmas is this moment in this time where, where God is saying, I am with you. I will stop at nothing to have relationship with you. I want to be with you. I want to experience it all. And when we remember that, Christmas starts to become a lot more clear. It starts to take place in our hearts a little bit more. It's about a God who who wants to be with us, who wants to have relationship with us instead of all the things and all the hoops and all the stuff and all that to-do list that keeps on going for a mile. I mean, just the sheer act of wrapping presents can induce an anxiety attack. Right? Whoever invented the bag, good job. You know, <laughs> like, whoop, tissue paper bag. Boom. My mom was like so anti-bag for for decades, and I, you would never receive a present from my mom from a bag. She's just like, no, I am. And then my mom, being the perfectionist that she is, everything has like hospital bed corners and all this stuff uh, going on in the prettiest bows. And she would watch the get the 
I don't know. You take the ribbon and the scissors, and, and there's curly cues everywhere, and it's look. Everything looks like it just came from Macy's, right? And every single every single gift, and it's exploding all over the place. And then I could always tell when her hand when she's like, "I'm done. I'm, I forget it. My hands are hurting because all of a sudden bags showed up, and you're like, "Oh, <laughs> okay. This is fine, mom. You don't have to spend. It's not a, a full time job wrapping presents." But what did I find myself doing all day yesterday watching TV? Oh, I was wrapping presents, wrapping presents, wrapping presents, wrapping presents. I do not have hospital corners. I know that surprises you with my mentality. It's more like a ball. Oh. It's not about doing anything right. It's about being what it's done for you, that Jesus would come here, that Jesus would be present with us. This is what it's all about. That's the whole thing. And for far too many of us, and for, we fight against that, that temptation to feel like I've got to perform this Christmas. And I just want to, God is not asking you to perform at all at Christmas. He's already done all the performing that was needed at Christmas. A baby came into this world to save you and to save me. To prove for the fact that God would stop at nothing to have relationship with us. Christmas is about a God who deeply cares for all of his people, for all people. Christmas is about a God who's not satisfied with the contractional relationship that he had with the Jews. A lot of the, the, they're called covenants in the Old Testament, but if you do this, I'll do this. God was saying, if you do this, I'll do this, and you do this, and we'll do that. And God said, you know what? I'm done with, this, with, with, with the contracts. I'm done with that. I just want relationship with you. There's a time and a place for, for contracts, right? I want to be with you. I want to feel what you feel. I want to be with you. And the same God that said that 2,000 years ago says that to us this morning, in this moment, and in this place. I, I don't, we don't need like if-then statements. We don't need contracts. I want you to hear this truth. I want to be with you. That's what Christmas is all about. We've always been tempted to make Christmas about stuff and about things. And I think from the very first Christmas, everyone was, was focused on, they had different events on how it was about them and about things and about how they were going to perform. I can imagine Joseph is having some like anxiety over how he's going to perform at Christmas. How am I going to be a dad to the son of God? How am I, that would, I mean, I, I'm scared enough of just, I know who their daddy is, and that is hard enough, right? But this is the son of God we're talking about. And God sends him an angel to say, well, don't, don't, don't worry about any of those things. Mary, I can't imagine what the thought's going through her head. Oh, my goodness. Can you, can you imagine what's happening to her? To the shepherds, this army of heaven shows up. The army of heaven. Ah! <laughs> Right? What do we do? What we, oh, we're going to die. You know, that we would, I think it's about things. It's about stuff. The Magi, going across the desert. They're probably from, from uh, Babylon, and they're going across the desert. They're traveling hundreds of miles to see this baby that they never know into hostile territory, into crazy King Herod's uh, area to say, you know, hey, we, we're looking for your successor, the king of, of the Jews. You know, can you imagine Walking up to a king, of a, a crazy king of this place, and going, "Yeah, hey, I'm looking for." Maybe they thought it was his son. I don't know what was going on, but hey, we're looking for the king of the Jews. He's like, um, "Excuse me, uh, I'm pretty sure I'm the king of the Jews." 
And uh, I killed all my kids, so I don't know where that where that's coming from. But a little, it's about the things. It's about the trip. It's about planning all this stuff. All the things they're doing right from the very first Christmas. It's not about what they were doing. It's about what was being done for them. Matthew 2, verse 21 to 23. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Now all this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall be with child and shall bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which translated means God with us. Now, I don't know about you, but at Christmas time, I get very confused with all the titles that Jesus gets. There's a lot of different names that Jesus gets. Like, wait, wait, why did they name him Emmanuel? They named him, I'm pretty sure they named him Jesus, right? And Jesus really isn't a a name. It's a Greek transliteration of the word Joshua. So what is going on right here? Pick a name, stick with it. Because then we got the whole Christ thing, and then we got the whole Messiah thing, and then we got Emmanuel. Like, what's going on? So me as teenage Jared was very confused by all these things. And, and, And so I've had to do a lot of study on figuring out what this meant. So Jesus which is really beautiful that the, the name that, that, that God tells him to be named is, is Jesus because it's this, it's this Greek bent on the word Joshua. But, but hold on for a second. Why would you make the Savior of the Hebrew people have a Greek bent on a Jewish name? And the very naming of him is opening up the gospel. It's not just for the Hebrew people anymore. It's not just this contract anymore. It's for all the world. Jesus, Joshua, Yeshua, means the one who saves. Christ. What does Christ actually mean? Often we hear the word. Uh, Often it's not in the most flattering of terms. But Christ means servant of God. So when you say it's the one who saves... The servant of God who saves is kind of how we, when you say Jesus Christ. Messiah, what does that mean? That's a weird word. It's a fun word to say, but we just say it. Like, we just sing it in songs. We just, we just say it. It's like one of those church things like, oh, yeah, Messiah. What it means. Messiah means anointed one. Anointed one. And then Emmanuel means God with us. So this is a mouthful for a baby boy to take on, Right? Like, it's one of those, uh, you, those names like uh, Rattletrap Bottles, Bottlesworth III, or, you know, whatever. Some, that's, uh, that was my father-in-law's name for Bowen, uh, but we didn't go with it. We went with Bowen instead. Uh, so, because I'm not a, the second and my dad's not the first, but that, anyway, uh, Rattletrap wasn't in the cards. But you go with, with that and you have this whole big long, long Jesus Christ, Messiah, Emmanuel. What am I supposed to call him? What's your nickname? What, what's happening? And so I kind of boiled that down into this, this, all these things that Jesus was being said about Jesus into this one sentence. The anointed servant of God who is with us will save us. So when people are hearing that, that Jesus is born, he is going to be called the Emmanuel and, and the Messiah and, and, and he's going to be the Christ. What the people of that day are hearing and what I want us to hear this morning, when we hear that Jesus has been born, that Christmas is about Jesus, that's so, it becomes so rote and it becomes so like, uh, I just don't, 
I don't, I don't gravitate it towards it. I want us to slow down enough to think the sentence. When we hear the name Jesus this Christmas, to think about the anointed servant of God who is with us and will save us. Do you see how that changes? Like just slowing that down. Instead of just saying Jesus, that we've heard as, as, a, as a curse word, that we've heard in, in just all the time in all kinds of different avenues, we don't hear the anointed servant of God who is with us and who will save us. John 3.16, verse 17. I find this is one of the most powerful Christmas verses. It's not usually read right at this time, but this is what I think of when I think of Christmas because think about all this is known already about Jesus when he is being born. For God so loved the world that he gave his one only son, the anointed servant of God who is with us and will save us, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son, the anointed servant of God who is with us and will save us, into the world to condemn the world but to save the world through him. You see how that starts to change even things that we, we, we know and we kind of go, well, it was a memory verse and we, we go through it? Jesus the anointed servant of God who is with us and will save us. What is Christmas all about? It is about the coming of the anointed servant of God who is with us and who will save us. Christmas is about that person, that God, coming and being present with us. It's not about family. It's not about presents. It's not even about food. It's not about decorations. It's not about a Christmas tree. It's about the anointed servant of God who is with us and who will save us, that he's here, that he's present with us, that he loves us, that he would stop at nothing to have relationship with us. I get, I know I'm going to be the only person in the room. I get in too much of a hurry at Christmas time. I get in too much hurry in it. All the time. Uh, but so I was trying to take care of a mess downstairs this morning. And, uh, and somebody goes, we just need to get Pastor a pair of skates. He's just moving too fast this morning. I was like, I don't know, but I got a mess. I'm sorry. Um, so I was cleaning up a mess, but it was just funny because I was like, yep, yep, it's an object lesson for the sermon today. You just get moving too fast and you don't, you get moving too fast with your kids and you don't listen to what they're saying and you just go, right? You get moving too fast and somebody in your life does something dumb and you go, and, and, and you're moving too fast on the freeway and the person that cuts you off or is going slow in the left-hand side lane, please merge to the right. You go, you, you, get, you get all of that going on because you're going too fast. And at Christmas time, we have this huge temptation just to keep on going too fast. What I want to urge you to do this Christmas is to slow down enough to ask questions because you always know you're going too fast when you don't have time to have questions. If you haven't asked a good question this week, you're going too fast. Why? Because questions mean that you reflected on what is happening in some way, shape, or form. If you have a question, you went, huh, what does that actually mean? And that takes you time because when you're going and you're popping off that to-do list and you're flying through it all, you don't ask questions. This is one of the ways I'm, I'm trying to grow as a person. Slow down enough to ask questions. This Christmas for you, I want you to slow down and ask questions because when you slow down and ask questions, you can take the time to make Christmas about the anointed servant of God who is with us and who will save us. And how do you do that? So when your, your kids are asking questions or 
um, you have uh, different things you're going to with your with your children. You have different things you're going to, different parties, different different stuff. With our kids, um, we were watching some Christmas movie on on TV, and I was like, it just had this terrible point, this terrible terrible non Christmas point in a Christmas movie, and we, so Kelly just paused the TV and was like, is that what Christmas is about? Because the kids are like. You know, you're soaking it in, doing the whole watching TV, and Bowen goes, no. <laughs> I just loved it. He's like, no. I was like, okay, so what's Christmas about? Now, Bowen wants us to quit asking questions and get back to the TV thing here. But um, but he's like, just take the time. Well, hold on, hold on. We'll get back to the TV. What's it, what's it all about? And he get these, gets these beautiful answers to questions. Because you take the time to go, wait a minute, let's ask a clarification. What's going on? What do you think Christmas is all about? I want to urge you to do that this Christmas season with, with people. What do, you, what do you think? Ask questions about what it is. It's a way in which we can easily bring the anointed servant of God who is with us and will save us back into the limelight, back into the center of what Christmas is about. Ask good questions. A couple of ways you can do this. These are just little tools in your toolbox. Um, pa- be sure to pause a movie. When, they're, uh, when they talk about Christmas, when they do something, like whether it's Elf or Home Alone or any of them, pause the movie. What's, what's that about? Is that really what Christmas is about? You'll be amazed at the conversations you can start to have with that. Read Luke 2 aloud at night and ask questions about it. What would you think? What would it be like to be one of the shepherds? What would it be like to be Mary? What would it be like to, you know, if you be in that town and know something is going on? What would it be like? Ask imaginative questions. If they're old enough to read it themselves, have them read it. Love that. If you have, if you have kids or siblings, I'm blessed to have twin eight-year-olds. And so they know each other better than anybody, like, will ever know them. <laughs> they just, they know each other. They got the whole twin thing going on. They had their own language when they were little. They did, they did the whole thing. And so taking individual, say, I, one of my Christmas traditions is I take Bowen out separately and I take Kindle out separately and they buy one gift for each other. And routinely, that is the best, that's the gift that the kids like the most. We could spend hundreds of dollars on the kids. The $15 thing that Bowen bought Kindle, that is her favorite. You know, and vice versa. Every year it goes that way. It's been happening since they're four years old. So I, I think we should just give up. But anyway, uh, we save a lot of money this way. Uh, but, um, but so one of the, the cool questions is, okay, so why do you think your sister would like that? And then the answer, oh, my God. Why do you think your brother would like that? Because of this, this, and this. I don't think he'd like, what? Like, and sometimes it's shocking. And their reasoning behind it is so spot on in a way even their daddy hasn't even thought of it. Ask questions. But you know what? It's way easier if I just walk into Toys R Us, pick a Pokemon pack off the, the thing, wrap it, and say, to Bowen from Kindle, we're done. Right? We're all tempted to do that. I'm tempted to do that. But what happens when I slow down enough to say, hey, let's, let's do that? ask questions. My favorite thing, um, my, one of my favorite Christmas gifts I ever got, I think, I don't, I think it was 12 maybe. Um, my mom made a ceramic nativity set for me. It, it, she painted it. She didn't make the ceramic, but anyway, she's when did those classes with her mom. And um, we had this beautiful ceramic nativity set my whole life. And I used to, as an only child, you can get away with a little bit more of this. I would play with those ceramic characters 
for hours. Like, that's what I remember Christmas. I would just huddle there and oh, the magic of the cow. And, and I don't know where the random beggar dude with the bread in the basket came from, but, you know, he's there. And, uh, and, uh, and then the, 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 all these different farm animals. And we had at that time, uh, our nativity scene looks like a log cabin because my grandpa's from uh, northern Kentucky. And he made a beautiful nativity scene that from... You know, Abe Lincoln was born there as well, apparently. Uh, so, um, <laughs> and uh, it's gorgeous. It's awesome. It's just different. And so, I always thought that's what Jesus was born in until I was like college, and I'm like reading. I'm like, no, Jesus was born in a barn that looked like log. Ca-. Oh, he wasn't born in America. <laughs> so, <laughs> failed a couple test questions because of that. Um, no, but the point of that is. Mom made me this this whole nativity so I would have my own. And, and, and there was always the fear, is Jared going to throw something and break something and break one of these priceless little things? Um, but the connection that I had with my favorite part of Christmas was being able to engage with the nativity. And so uh, we have this... Uh, the kids, the same thing. They're, they can't wait. They cannot wait to get the nativity out and place it and, and, and engage with it. We also bought a, a play school <clears throat> little nativity one. And so that one immediately goes into Lucy's mouth and she's like chewing on Joseph's head and, and whatnot. But um, so it's, it's just this tradition of engaging with the nativity set. Now that might not always be appropriate, but, but to hold it in this reverence and how you get to teach about it. Oh, you've got Mary. Well, who's Mary? Like, oh, Mary's getting ready to have that baby Jesus. That's pretty exciting. Yeah. So you get to always reinforce the story always reinforce what Christmas is all about because you're engaging with that. Not to be flippant and to be some toy that's thrown off to the side, but this is held in reverence. This is beautiful. What do you think about that? What would it be like to be that guy? If you were that cow and that baby was placed in my food trough, what do you think that cow is thinking? Right? Those are some fun questions to have with your kids. You guys hear what I'm saying? And maybe there's some fun questions that you need to ask yourself. Like, what would I be thinking if I was Joseph? What would I be thinking if I was one of those wise men? What would I be thinking if I was one of those shepherds? What would I be thinking if I was that donkey sitting there going, what is happening? The anointed servant of God is with us and will save us. The anointed servant of God who is with us and will save us. This is what Christmas is all about. Pray with me. God, thank you so much for today, and thank you for who you are and who, uh, what you're about, what you're doing in us and through us and among us. God, we love you, and we praise your name. Amen.